everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. This is Jay. It is September, which means Listener Requests Month rolls on. So, if you listen to my last uh, Listener Requests Month, request was sent in by my good friend Carl, who I've known since middle school. His re- original request was, give me your top five favorite singers of all time. <clears throat> and... Um, like I said, if you listen to the last episode, uh, I kind of explained that that was a very hard thing to do. So I pitched the idea to Carl. He agreed. Uh, I did a top five uh, list of my top five female vocalists. So I'm back today to talk about my top five male vocalists. So if you didn't listen to the last episode, stop right now and go and listen because it's a great episode. Um, just really quick. First things first, I'm not a singer in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I know very little about the technical aspect of singing. That's not what this is about. This is about uh, five male singers, five male vocalists uh, that I just really resonate with. You know, uh, I, I click with them, I jive with them. Uh, I It's just something about their singing, uh, their song choices, their voice, whatever it is, that really just, you know, affects me on, you know, a spiritual and an emotional uh, level. And really, you know, like I said last time, to me, that's what music is. Um, when I did my top five female list, I really struggled with it. It was really, really difficult for me. I'm not saying that this list of my top five male vocalists was simple, but I did find it a bit easier. I mean, I did have to think a bit and and, and ponder it a bit. <clears throat> uh, so as always, I'm going to go from five to one. And uh, when I hit number two and discuss number two, uh, before I go to number one, I will give some honorable mentions, some gentlemen that did not make my list, but, you know, I feel they deserve a shout out. Something else I'm going to kind of get out of the way up front is, look, you, a, a lot of the people on this list you might not be very familiar with, or they might not be sort of like the traditional people you would think of to be like in a top, you know, top five best male singers. Uh, you might be surprised at my choices. Again, these are my choices. I'm not saying these are the greatest and your top five is absolutely wrong. No. Music affects people in different ways and different musicians affect you in different ways. So, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, my top five might not jive with your top five, and that's absolutely all right. Music is fun, and that's really what it should be. Hey, listen, I've been, you know, BSing here way too long. Let's hit it, starting with number five. All right, so the artist on number five, very, very funny story. I'm going to tell a story about how I came to discover this gentleman. So back in the day, uh, when I was probably about... Uh, I'm going to say maybe about 11, 12 years old, uh, down the street from my house, there was a schoolyard. Uh, it was actually the elementary school that I went to. And it had a playground. It had a basketball court. And before I got a hoop put in my backyard, I would just, you know, walk half a block and, you know, shoot baskets, meet some friends there. We would play basketball. Uh, you know, spring, summer, you know, if the weather was nice, we were out there, you know, just playing basketball, hanging out, whatever. <clears throat> Almost Every single day, or I should say almost every time that I was out there, there was a a girl who lived in our, in our neighborhood. Uh, her name was Robin and, uh, you know, she was an older woman. I mean, like I said, I was probably all of 11 or 12. She was probably like 15, maybe even 16. I mean, yeah, older lady. Um, you know, and at the time, I would have classified her based on like her dress and her hair. I would have been like, you know, she's like a like a headbanger. 
kind, you know, she kind of had that look to her, um, you know, and she would always kind of cut through the schoolyard to go from her house, uh, just kind of cutting a few blocks off so she can go to the convenience store, which was kind of down at the, at the end of, uh, the block where I lived. And, you know, she would always just kind of come through. She would never say anything. She would always, it didn't matter, you know, it didn't matter what the weather was. She would always have the same denim jacket on. And here's the thing. Guys that grew up in my generation, you know, pretty much grew up in the 80s will remember this. Denim jackets were huge. They were big. And the thing is, is if you were a music fan, especially if you were like a fan of like metal, you would have the denim jacket and on the back would be painted like an album cover or an artist, you know, and you would have like buttons and stuff on it, you know, kind of reflecting the music choices that you really, really enjoyed. So Robin would always have the same denim jacket on and it was my number five top male vocalist Morrissey I had no idea who Morrissey was but Robin you know she had the jacket and I was like well Robin's real cool so Morrissey must be cool and I'm thinking well she's a metal girl you know she's a metal head so obviously obviously he's metal um I started reading music magazines like Rolling Stone, Hit Parader, and whatnot. To come to discover, Morrissey was the lead singer of a band called The Smiths. Well, I was kind of looking at them like, well, they don't really look metal. And I went out and I got uh, one of their albums. I was like blown away. I, I was like, wow, this is like a totally different type of music that I had never heard before. And Morrissey, my God. He just had a beautiful voice. It was like a rich baritone. Um, and the thing is, is just kind of like I said about some of the, the the ladies on my other list, his voice matched his songs perfectly because the songs that he sang about and the themes that he sang about were like isolationism, uh, longing, longing for love, longing for sex. Uh, he had a very dark humor to him, a self-deprecating type of humor. Uh, and he was totally anti-establishment. I mean, his rich baritone uh, really conveyed a lot of that sadness and melancholy. And you know what? Listen, especially back then when you were a teenager, you know, you, you feel it's you against the world and nobody gets you. And listening to Morrissey, listening to bands like The Smiths and The Cure, it was like, man, this music was written for me. These guys suffered like I suffered in seventh grade, you know? I mean, yeah, I really was not suffering. But in my little teenage mind, I was totally suffering. Um, and I really, really connected with Morrissey. I mean, the guy has an amazing voice. Uh, he did a limited run on Broadway not too long ago. I mean, I did not see it because I am not a multi-billionaire. No, I'm sure the tickets were very affordable. Um but the word on the street was, is I still got it. I mean, he could still hit those notes. His voice is as strong as ever. Um, I've seen clips of him in concerts and, and on, you know, uh, late night TV shows where he sings. And yeah, I mean, the guy has still got it. If you've never listened to Morrissey or the Smiths, I highly recommend a couple of songs. Uh, How soon is now? I mean, that is a Smith's standard. It is a classic. And you're you're just going to hear it in his voice. Um, Asleep, which is another Smith song, which is just a beautiful and sad, sad song. Um, And his voice is just perfect for it. Uh, And from his solo, sort of like his, well, he's currently a solo artist, um, 
<clears throat> you know, one of his solo songs, <laughs> and, and this was uh, off of one of the first Morrissey albums I ever got, which I believe is Vauxhall and I. Um, the song is The More You Ignore Me, The Closer I Get. It is just a fun song. It is, like, again, it's kind of got a bit of that, like, loneliness and longing with, you know, his kind of dark humor thrown in there. It's just a great song, and it really showcases his voice. All righty. <clears throat> From number five, we're going to drop on down to number four, and this guy couldn't be any more different than Morrissey. It's it's just Bruce Dickinson, frontman for Iron Maiden. Back in the day, I listened to metal. I mean, I like metal. I listened to a lot of different kinds of music, but metal really kind of held a special place for me. Uh, it was the power. It was, you know, the stage shows. You know, you, you, you know when you would see a band like Kiss... I mean, is their music great? I mean, the music is good. But you went to see guys in costumes and the face paint and the breathing fire and all that. Iron Maiden would put on, like, some amazing shows with tons of effects. Uh, Their official mascot, Eddie, would, you know, they would always have giant inflatable Eddies, you know, robotic Eddies. Um, I mean, and Bruce Dickinson, I mean, he really played into it. Um, Interesting thing about him. No formal training whatsoever, but his voice, it's like, it's almost like a heavy metal opera singer. Uh, He had a very wide range. He can go from very low and deep to hitting those really, really high notes. Guys like him, Ronnie James Dio and Rob Halford of Judas Priest, I mean, these were the guys, these were the power metal singers. And, you know, a lot of singers that came after them really got to pay homage to these guys. Uh, out of those three, though, I pick, I pick Bruce Dickinson for a couple of reasons. Uh, I feel that, you know, he I feel he had a superior voice to Ronnie James Dio, and he maybe his voice was slightly better than Rob Halford. Rob Halford had, has an incredible voice and an incredible stage presence. Here's the thing. Like I said, I used to listen to a lot of metal back in the day. A lot of that stuff, for me, personally, hasn't aged well. Um, I kind of look at, you know, some old CDs and, you know, some old iTunes playlists that I have, and I see a lot of Judas Priest on there, and in all honesty, I just, I don't feel it anymore. Uh, you know, and, and it's nothing against maybe Rob Halford or anything. I mean, guy's got an incredible voice. That music just doesn't resonate with me anymore, but let me tell you, on my current workout playlist, I have at least three Iron Maiden songs. Bruce Dickinson, like I said, he is he is he is the heavy metal opera singer with just an amazing range and amazing power. Uh, you know, his songs tell a story, you know, his voice tells a story. It's just it's epic. He is an epic singer and, you know, again, if you've never listened to Bruce Dickinson or Iron Maiden, here's some recommendations. Run to the Hills. Great great song. Uh, a lot of Iron Maiden songs, pretty much, they're almost kind of like mini operas or mini stories. <clears throat> and Run to the Hills, uh, pretty much kind of like explaining how when colonials came over to North America and encountered Native people and the treatment of, of Native Americans. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's a really cool song. And it's just... Uh, when uh, he kind of gets to the final refrain and he starts really low and, and just builds up to this tremendous shout. 
incredible. Number of the Beast, which is probably one of their most famous hits, and Flight of the Icarus. Again, Flight of the Icarus is another one of these operatic songs, tells a full story. And again, I mean, his range from the low to the high and just fluctuating his voice, absolutely incredible. You can't go wrong with it. Highly recommend it. Drop it on down to number three. And again, like I said, you know, number five, number four, okay, maybe not guys people would really put on their lists. Number three is somebody I don't think people would put on their list, but when I say who it is, and if you're familiar with who he is, you would probably see like, oh my God, yeah, this guy was an amazing singer. In my opinion, his career was way too brief. Um, self-destructive behavior, and it's just, it's gone way, way too soon. And the unfortunate thing is, is I think that when people reflect on this singer, they don't reflect on his amazing ability. They really kind of reflect on the fact that, you know, really once fame hit him, he really just couldn't battle his demons anymore, and he just very slowly killed himself. Uh, I am talking about Lane Staley of Alice in Chains. I think this guy has probably one of the most unique voices that I've ever heard and probably one of the most unique voices out of all the guys on this list. I mean, he has a very good range, low and gravelly, and he can get up there and he can hit some, you know, mid to high range notes, but it was just like the way he would distort his voice when he when he sang. I mean, I I had never heard anything like it when, you know, and I'm going to talk about songs to recommend. So one of the songs I'm going to definitely recommend is Man in the Box. I mean, when you hear that intro, like where he's just kind of harmonizing and he's harmonizing along with his guitars and with the guitar and he's modulating his voice. I mean, that's not, you know, he's not using any kind of effect. He's not using pedals or anything like that. That is him. Um when I was kind of looking into Lane Staley a bit to try to get a little bit more into like some technical descriptions and stuff, one of the things is I watched a couple of videos where they had vocal coaches sort of like look at his performances and kind of give their input on it. And all of them, like the two or three that I saw, they all said the same thing. I mean, the guy had an amazing voice, but they said his vocal cords, his larynx, it was taking a beating. And, you know, if he hadn't succumbed to to drugs and you know continued like his career might not have gone on for very long because his voice just would have burnt out because they said the the technical part of it you know when he kind of does some of his modulations and things like that you know and again i i really don't know a lot about the technical aspect of singing so if i'm kind of butchering what these guys were, were trying to convey i apologize this is not like my thing that the actual technical part of singing but you know where they would say like they would kind of use more you know diaphragm and this and that to do that you know he relied on just really almost kind of like flexing his vocal cords which they said really would put a strain on it they go it's an amazing sound it's 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 it sounds better than if you do it the way you technically should do it but they were like, yeah, you know, if he had lived, if he hadn't succumbed, you know, hadn't passed away <clears throat> from an overdose, his voice would have been shredded, you know, in a few years easily. Um, if you were not familiar with Lane Staley or Allison Chains, again, Man in the Box, great, great song. Um, his voice, which I said, you know, really is kind of like low and gravelly he could get up there uh one of the things is 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 through his voice uh he was able to kind of almost convey 
like a darkness like where Morrissey could kind of like tell you that story of like loneliness and isolationism you know the darkness the darkness that was kind of in Lane Staley's soul and, and maybe in a little bit of us you know it really came out in his voice Man in the Box great great song Wood great great song it was on I believe it was on the soundtrack for the movie Singles and that was kind of the song that that kind of brought Alice in Chains more into the mainstream I mean early 90s they were kind of part of that grunge menu, uh, grunge movement I'm going to talk a little bit about that in a second um, you know they probably weren't as well known as some other grunge acts but when they got a song on the single soundtrack and that song is Wood absolutely incredible uh them bones which is the first song i actually ever heard from alice and chains off uh, their album dirt i mean it's just again that power that anger that darkness and lane staley's voice his, his ability to distort his voice really really comes through <clears throat> speaking of grunge we're coming up to number two and i don't think it's going to be who you think it is this guy fronted a group by the name of soundgarden I'm talking about Chris Cornell. So around this time, grunge was big. It was led, you know, Nirvana kicked it off. There's no denying that. Kurt Cobain and the boys kicked off the grunge movement. Pearl Jam was right behind him. Let's look at those two guys. So you had Kurt Cobain who had just a really raw voice. You know, everything about Kurt Cobain was just very untechnical, unpolished. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I get it people that weren't around in that time don't get the grunge era and they don't get Nirvana and Kurt Cobain I think it's something you just had to be there and experience it to really kind of appreciate it when grunge came out in the early 90s metal which had dominated the 80s was on its way out it was getting old it was getting tired it was more style over substance Uh, you know you had all these hair bands coming out uh, the songs and the videos, it was just, you know, scantily clad girls, it was all about partying, it was all about sex, it was getting old, it was getting tired, I mean, and I think that's why today, when I look at some of the metal songs that I used to love, and, and the hair metal, and, and, and the, the glam rock, and the, you know, some of the hard rock from the 80s, I just don't really connect with it that much anymore. But grunge in the 90s, I mean, this was like, it was a kick in the butt. It was a kick in in, in heavy metal's butt. Um, and like I said, Nirvana led the charge. Right behind them was uh, Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam. So here's the thing. In my opinion, Kurt Cobain, great singer. Totally unpolished, totally raw, absolutely fine. I was never a fan, and still to this day, I am not a fan of Pearl Jam. And I am not a fan of Eddie Vedder. And yes, I know he's got a great voice and a nice, deep voice. To me, it's going to sound weird. He sounds fake. It sounds like that's not his real singing voice. He's working very hard to put on this Eddie Vedder singing voice. So for me, Chris Cornell was right down the middle. He was more polished than Kurt Cobain, but he had that power and that like gravel graveliness to his voice. Uh, and he had like, you know, he had that deep range. He could go deep like an Eddie Vedder, but it was real. It was genuine. Uh, you know, Nirvana and Pearl Jam, they might have gotten all the attention, but to me, Allison Chains and Soundgarden, 
they were the heavy hitters of grunge. Again, I am not a fan of Pearl Jam. I never will be a fan of Pearl Jam. I just didn't connect with them. And I like Nirvana. You know, don't get me wrong. I do like Nirvana. Soundgarden, though, Chris Cornell. I mean, that is grunge. You know, if you, you know, you were like, well, I never listened to grunge. I never got it. Just look up Soundgarden. Listen to some Soundgarden. I'm going to give you some recommendations in a couple of minutes here. Um, like I said, the guy had great range. Um, he had, like, a deep power in his voice. And the thing is, is unfortunately, just, you know, like... Uh, you know, like Lane Staley, who kind of succumbed to his demons. Later in life, Chris Cornell did too. He battled depression for probably most of his life, you know, and in the, and in the end, you know, he, he ended up taking his own life. When you hear his music and when you hear his songs and, and you hear his voice, you know, you, you hear him kind of almost trying to expel those inner demons to really, really get him out. He was really expressing it. And I guess it just wasn't enough. Um, but again, the guy's an amazing singer. If you've never listened to him or Soundgarden, here are my recommendations. Black Hole Sun, yes, I know. It's probably one of their most famous songs. But God, can the guy sing on that. Spoon Man, which is one of my favorite songs. It is on my workout playlist. I mean, it pumps me up when I'm in the gym. Uh, and it's just, again, that voice of his. The Promise, which was something he did... Uh, not too long before he passed away uh, it was a solo work it's again it's it's low it's mournful those demons that he had inside them I, I think again he was really trying to expel them and and unfortunately he he just wasn't able to well we're almost there we're almost at number one but before I get to number one I got to do the honorable mentions one thing I want to say is look I know there's a lot of great male singers out there and I left a lot of them off my list, and I left a lot of them off of the honorable mentions list. And again, just like I kind of said about some of the people, uh, some of the ladies that I left off my list there, I, I just am not that familiar with their work. I know people are going to say, where's Marvin Gaye? Where's Barry White? Great singers. Absolutely. I'm not going to deny it. They didn't even make my honorable mention list, and here's the reason why. Like some of the ladies I left off of, of my list last time, I'm just not that familiar with their work. I know the one or two Marvin Gaye songs. I know, I mean, Barry White. I mean, come on, we all know, you know, we, we all know the one Barry White song. I don't know that much past them. So here are my honorable mentions. Al Green, the Reverend Al Green, because he is an ordained minister. Came around the same time as Barry White and Marvin Gaye, funny enough. Something about this man's voice, I mean... Again, he was almost kind of like he was almost kind of like the Morrissey of Motown. Ooh, I'm gonna trademark that. Um, you know those those feelings of longing and, and and wanting love and to be loved and to be with somebody. I mean, Marvin Gaye did a good job. Barry White did a good job. Al Green did a better job. And you know, I, I'm not gonna give you any recommendations or anything. Just look them up. Look up Al Green. Look up Al Green's greatest hits play that album, and then come back and tell me that the guy doesn't have an incredible voice. Prince. Man, did I love Prince back in the day. I loved him back in the day when you really weren't supposed to. Like, if you said, like, oh, I like Prince, people would kind of give you a funny look, like, really? You do? I mean, to me, he's one of the most underappreciated artists out there. Guy had an amazing voice. Not as well known. He was one hell of a guitar player. Last but not least, probably one of the first singers I ever heard growing up, uh, Elvis Presley. 
I mean, Elvis holds a place in my heart because, you know, that was kind of my parents' generation. So I listened to a lot of Elvis Presley when I was young, whether I wanted to or not. Not for nothing, I did kind of want to because it, it wasn't bad music. And he's, he's you know, and I, I think what it is is there's so much hype around Elvis and there's so much mystique around Elvis that people kind of tend to be like, oh, he's not that great. Get rid of all that. Get rid of all the preconceived notions you have about Elvis Presley and just listen to him. With his gospel background, I mean, he just had, he had a velvety smooth voice. I mean, it was a, it's a beautiful voice, but not good enough to make my top five. Sorry, King. So who is number one? I'm going to tell you who my number one is. And if you are shocked by it, <laughs> I mean, you shouldn't be. You might be shocked by some of my other choices, you know, two through five. But to me, the greatest male singer ever. And if you if you don't believe me or you, you don't agree with me, I'd really love to hear from you and debate you on this one. Freddie Mercury. And I feel like I really don't need to explain it. But I'm going to explain it. <sighs> Again, my knowledge of, of the technical aspect of, of singing is, is really not that great. Uh, but kind of looking it up, the guy hit every note from the bottom to the top. You know, they kind of showed a picture of like uh, a musical scale and they were like, here's Freddie Mercury's range. See that note all the way down there? And then you see that note all the way up there? Yeah, that was his range. Um, the guy had a perfect voice. He could sing at any speed, any style, any register. I mean, it's just, and he's a hell of a performer. You know, you watch him, you know, watch Live Aid, you know, watch some of the concerts, you know, even if you watch, you know, the movie where, um, you know, the movie about his, about his life, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody that came out, you know, you know, Rami Malek does a great job of really kind of capturing the spirit of Freddie Mercury. Um, all that, and he's a hell of a songwriter. I mean, he helped write some classic, classic Queen songs and... Again, I think I'm just going to end it here. I mean, Freddie Mercury is now and ever will be the greatest male singer that ever was. If you've never heard Freddie Mercury and Queen, I'm not going to make any recommendations. Just just go listen to Queen. Get Queen's greatest game. Pick any Queen album. Play it. Listen to it. And if you still don't think that this guy's the greatest singer ever, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Guys, thanks for listening. This is closing out the first week of Listener Request Month. I'm going to be back next week. I got a lot more requests out there, a lot of fun stuff. I had a lot of fun doing it. Again, this request came from my good friend Carl, who I've known since middle school. Carl, like I said in the last episode, he's a very private person, so he didn't ask. He asked that I not disclose either his Facebook or his Instagram, and I totally respect that. But like I said, People that grew up with us also listen to this podcast, so they know who I'm talking about. And Carl, you know who I'm talking about. Again, guys, thanks for listening. This was a blast. Thanks again to everybody that sent in their requests. I'll, I will be back next week doing some more requests because September's not over yet, and neither is Listener Request Month. This is Jay, and I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs>